The dowager said, smell you later, kid. <laughs> she said, eat my dust. <laughs> right. She's like, got to look out for number one. Hello, hello, hello. It's our last movie of November. It's crazy. Yeah, I guess Xmas is just around the corner. It is. New Year's. Yeah. It's the holiday season. Da, da, da. It just snowed for the first time this past week, which is wow, pretty wild. It's uh, <laughs> only the start. You're looking stressed. It's dark before I even finish work, so that's super cool. Yeah. I love that. That's my favorite thing about it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, but yeah, we thought this would be kind of a fitting movie to like bring us into the winter. You know, it starts off in some snow. So, oh, yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> the climate cold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So in case you haven't guessed already, today we are doing the 1997 classic Anastasia. Yeah. Once upon a December, am I right? Absolutely. Um, (laughs) This was an interesting movie to pick, I would say, during the political climate, but it is not related to any sort of history. It's really just a made-up story. Yeah, there's – I mean, obviously, Anastasia was a real person, but – yeah. Pretty much nothing about this movie is historically accurate. I actually did spend a bit of time just kind of like researching the history of the Romanov family, which I've done before, but I just wanted to kind of brush up on it. And um, I didn't realize that Anastasia was actually 17 at the time of her death. I think I had always just imagined her younger, but she was one of, I believe, five children because she had three older sisters and a younger brother. Mm And apparently her younger brother um, had hemophilia. I did know that. Yeah. There are these books in our library in middle school that were like historically accurate, but it was like historical fiction. Mm. Like Anastasia was one of them. And I remember reading like the diary entries and she was like, we had blintzes like covered in butter and mentioning like random facts, but Mm. um, not anything like actually (laughs) again related to any historical events Mm -hmm. but yeah this movie had a lot of really good songs yes it was definitely very disney-fied but not a disney movie it's not a oh okay that makes sense because i was like (laughs) how is this on stars and not on disney plus in the u.s so it's it was on disney plus in the u.s they took it off because i assume it's under contract with stars for the next however many months and it'll probably go back after that because it's on the stars hulu package but in Mm -hmm. canada it is on disney plus and they like reached an agreement i think that i don't know if disney like bought the rights to it or exactly how it works but this is a 20th century fox movie it was their one and only um hand-drawn anime or like 2d animated movie after that they switched to digital animation but they really came for disney's neck in this one because they kind of did they, they popped off. off yeah <laughs> Some of the expressions, I was, like, looking at the character, especially Marie, Mm -hmm. in the end, I was like, okay, kind of getting fancy for 1997 Mm -hmm. out here. Yeah. They also had really interesting um, 
if you're an animator, you know, hit us up, let us know. But it was like the background looked static with like the the characters were like moving about kind of like watching a painting almost which yeah was cool. yeah and i know that they definitely like did that purposefully in the song perry holds the key to your heart where it's like inspired by <laughs> monet but yeah i think it's, it was really cool because i don't even remember the last time i watched an animated movie that wasn't disney or pixar yeah for sure i mean they kind of have the gorilla grip mm-hmm. i don't think i had ever actually watched this movie like that's so wild. I thought maybe when I saw it, I would remember having seen it, and maybe I did as a, a really young child. But yeah, I have no like recollection. Oh my gosh, it was it was an absolute fave. I watched it yeah constantly growing up. Like it was right up there with all of like the Disney princesses for me. Nice, nice. Did you have it on DVD? Absolutely, I did. I had it on VHS and on DVD. There you go. <laughs> when we switched over, I gotta see what I have on VHS in my parents' house while I'm here. I kind of gotta. I gotta look into it. I know we have Tarzan. Uh, Tarzan was like a big one. Another movie where it's like, you didn't have to go that hard on the soundtrack, but you did. (laughs) But you did. (laughs) But I guess we should give, should we give some numbers? Should we talk numbers? Well, that's kind of the reason that people (laughs) tune into our podcast, I would say. Yeah. It's the numbers, baby. (laughs) I would say most people would consider us actually like a finance Mm-hmm. A finance podcast. Yeah, I have I have great uh, financial planning and skills. <laughs> so, so they had a fifty three million dollar budget, and they made a hundred forty million in the box office. So I'd say a pretty good return. Fifty three million. That seems. I did high. think that was an in- insane number. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I was like. What? That's really high, especially for 97. They they made the money back. I think that it cost so much because they were doing this like animation style, if I had to guess. I think they made like a whole new animation studio. You know, probably. <laughs> but damn, that's <laughs> like, crazy. We're going to put all, we're going to shovel all our money into this burning pit. <laughs> but it paid off. They definitely made a nice little profit. Um, obviously, our stars are Miss Meg Ryan, the 90s queen herself, or I guess 80s and 90s, really. And um, also John Cusack as Dimitri. That was an interesting one because I kept hearing him and I'm like, it's so clearly John Cusack. Yeah. But the the fucking Dimitri character just like so doesn't look like him. No. And I had to keep reminding myself. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I just couldn't get his image out of my head. See, because I know this, have been watching this movie my whole life, like when I hear John Cusack, I think Dimitri. Like that is where my association is. I think John Cusack when I hear Dimitri. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But we also have little Angela Lansbury, RIP, Christopher Lloyd, Kelsey Grammer, Hank Azaria, Bernadette Peters, but very notably... Um, young Anastasia is actually voiced by Kirsten Dunst, but what I didn't know is that her singing voice was the one and only Lacey Chabert, aka Miss Gretchen Wieners. Isn't that crazy? Wild. It's pretty insane. Also, I'm looking at this cast list and J.K. Simmons is an ensemble member. I did notice that. And I thought about how we had just recorded uh juno wild he's just like i like to work like i like to get in on projects i don't care who i am (laughs) give me a script 
I'll do whatever. He's a team player. You know, I like that. Yeah, I love it. I did find out that early into the production of the movie, Bluth and Goldman were researching like actual historical events by enlisting former CIA agents who were stationed in Moscow and St. Petersburg. Oh, God. And then Eric Tuckman, the screenwriter, he wrote a script and eventually they were like, all right, the history is like too dark. Let's scrap that. <laughs> Let's. Yeah. Hey, CIA, former CIA agents, remember all those like interviews and shots? Mm. We're, we're going to scrap it. Yeah. It's just yeah. not for us. Yeah. I mean, it is definitely a very dark history. Because basically, like, I don't, I'll do a quick, quick summary, leaving out, like, a lot of details and nuance. But basically, <sighs> the Romanov family, they had been ruling for 300 years. And Nicholas, the czar, was, like, not really a man of the people, uh, didn't really for care sure. about his people, only the one percenters in, like, modern terms. So the Russian Revolution happened. The palace was under siege, and they ended up being, like, exiled to live. I can't remember the name of where they were living. They were living in, like, one house altogether. They were kept there for about a year before, in the middle of the night, they were, like, awoken, forced to go down into the cellar, and they were all shot. And those who survived the shootings were stabbed, and then they were thrown into a mass grave. So that's kind of what happened to the Romanov family. Um, all the children and um, Nicholas and Alexandra were killed. Gotcha. So, yeah, understandable why they were like, hey, this is not really what Maybe we're going to do not for a kids for the movie. Kids movie. <laughs> um, although everyone else in the family does die in the movie. Yeah. They don't show it, obviously. It's, it's very much like oh, the palace is being taken over. Oh, it's scary. Oh, sparkles. Like, very much like magic, magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was also this really funny blurb. I saw that uh, the composers, Stephen Flaherty and Lynn Ahrens, like, remember being at Aubon Pond in New York, <laughs> which is just, like, very funny to me because if you've been to New York, like, this is simply a cafe. Yeah. So I just thought it was funny cafe. that this was in like the Wikipedia article. Mm -hmm. And um, they were like dismayed at the decision to go down a historically inaccurate route. So that's why in the musical Anastasia, there wasn't like a Rasputin or a Bartok. And they decided to do like a more sophisticated, far reaching and political show. Um, I saw it like I yeah. saw Anastasia on Broadway and as we were talking about the movie like doing our like outline and stuff Christina was like oh was there like no Rasputin in the one you saw and I was like I literally cannot remember <laughs> like had to look up the plot be like oh the villain was this like Bolshevik general and I was like if a gun was to my head I would not have remembered this the musical was fine yeah you know I never saw it because I was just like, I'm too attached to the movie and I'm just going to yeah. be upset. So like, there's no, there's no point in For sure. going and just being like, when I prefer the movie. So yeah. So my same thing with like, well, I'll never go see Moulin Rouge because it's just going to make me upset. I saw it. I, I, yeah. Don't go see yeah. it. I mean, like it wasn't bad yeah. in my opinion. Like the singing was really strong, but it doesn't encompass the story yeah. in the same way. I'm too much of a purist, but um, 
Yeah. Our last little fun fact that we have for you is that uh, the singing voice for Anastasia was not actually Meg Ryan. It was Liz Calloway, who has some amazing credits. She was Odette in Swan Princess, Jasmine in Aladdin, The Return of Jafar, King of Thieves, and Kiara in Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. Incredible. I knew it wasn't Meg Ryan singing. Yeah, absolutely not. She's um, a talented gal, but I knew it wasn't her. Yeah. Be like, Meg, you've been holding out on us all these years. Right, right. I'm like, if you had those pipes, mm-hmm. you would be doing more. Yeah, yeah. Well, before we dive in, we just want to remind you about our Patreon because our bonus episode for December has been picked and will be coming out next month. We are doing oh, yeah. Lindsay Lohan's Falling for Christmas. Incredible. I'm so excited. When we first were setting up the poll, I was like, I need this movie to win. Yeah. Like, I'm ready to create multiple Patreon accounts <laughs> under false emails and You're gonna hack the system. Oh, yeah. And vote. But I didn't have to do that. So thank yes, you. Yeah. No offense to do revenge. You'll have your day in the sun yeah. another time. But you know, we all want to watch it. Yeah. Is it uh my pick for the December movie? Yeah. Gotta be honest, it's not. Yeah. But you know, do revenge will get her day. But for now, it's yes. time for Lindsay. So we're super excited about that. If you want to hear our Falling for Christmas episode coming out next week, all you got to do is join our Patreon. It's $5 a month. You get some fun perks. Mm-hmm. So check it out. Check it out. And with that being said, should we open up this music box and get started? Should we go on a journey to the past? Oh, that was a really good one. Should we once upon a December? <laughs> Let's freaking do it. So we open up hearing the plinky plunky music. We see a, a music box with Nicholas II and his wife Alexandra dancing around in it when the lid closes and the dowager empress picks it up, taking it with her in her carriage to the palace. And she says, There was a time not very long ago when we lived in an enchanted world of elegant palaces and grand parties. The year was 1916, and my son Nicholas was the Tsar of Imperial Russia. And it definitely didn't dawn on me until this watch, like, that it was after World War One. I. I feel like as a kid, I just always imagined it as, like, so long ago, like, the 1800s. Right, right. Or I guess, no, it's still it's still World War One. Wait, when was World War, 1914 to 1918? Is that right? To be honest, I don't, I don't know those dates. Very well. But I remember when they were in Paris, mm-hmm. there's like a joke about it being the 1920s. Yeah, yeah. I think it must be in the middle of World War One because I believe that's 1914 to 1918. Gotcha. No misinformation here, people. So we then go into this grand ballroom filled with dancing, and the dowager explains that they were having a party to celebrate 300 years of their family rule. Wow. And that night, no star burned brighter than that of their sweet Anastasia. And we see a young 
10-year-old Anastasia run up to the dowager, who, and she gives her this little drawing that she did, while a boy named Dimitri oh. watches from the kitchen. Anastasia begs the dowager not to go back to Paris, her dear grandmama, <laughs> and the dowager gives her a special gift that she's made. It's a music box which plays their lullaby, and the two of them start singing once upon a December, this song, like every time I hear it, it gives me chills. It's so beautiful. Phil was like, call me into the room when they sing once upon a December. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He he has his priorities in check. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so the dowager then gives Anastasia a necklace that says together in Paris. And it's what you use to open the music box. And Anastasia is thrilled that they have this little secret and that she'll get to visit her in Paris. Yes. But then darkness strikes. <laughs> we hear the narrator say, but we would never be together in Paris. No. In the entire I know. You're not going to Paris. <laughs> You'll never go to Paris. <laughs> no. Um, so but the entire ballroom darkens and Rasputin walks through the ballroom, the once, you know, famous and, and beloved advisor, holy man, yeah. advisor to the royal family. But he was a fraud. He was power mad and dangerous. Meanwhile, um, Rasputin was already dead when the revolution happened. Yeah. So that's that. But anyways, this is a he, story. He so. had nothing to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, it was all him he was a willy bad guy (laughs) we didn't do anything well the reason that i brought up the hemophilia thing is because that is why he was so close to alexandra Mm. because she thought that he could like heal alexi's hemophilia so that's how he kind of like got his in with the family and i did start reading about him and there is some weird stuff yeah he was a weird guy about his like relationship to alexandra and the daughters that he would like go and visit them at night and it was like meant to be kept a secret so there and there was a lot of rumors that there was some inappropriate stuff going on i mean we'll never know but yeah there's some weird stuff out there for sure i mean i I don't know if anyone's seen a picture of this man but he looked yeah um scary yes so uh okay yeah nicholas is like you're a traitor get out of my house and Rasputin is like, oh, you're trying to, you know, fuck with me? I'm going to put a curse on you and your family. Sound familiar? Yeah. Holes. Um, <laughs> but Rasputin is like, mark my words, you and your family will die within a fortnight. I'm pretty sure that's like 15 days. I'm like, that's a really short period of time. Mm-hmm. So... He's like, I will not rest until I see the end of the Romanov line forever. And Rasputin's reliquary just shoots out this like power and it's like a like a zap mm-hmm. and it um, shoots the chandelier and it comes crashing down. Then we see Rasputin in his chamber where he sells his soul for the power to destroy the Romanov family with this reliquary that has the power in it. He tells the spirits to seal the fate of the czar and his family once and for all. It's pretty dark. Like, yeah, we got 
curses. We got, you know, imminent assassination. We have references to, like, the devil slash hell. Oh, yeah. It's definitely not a Disney movie. It's not for the faint-hearted. <laughs> yeah. 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 Also, I fully had no idea until this watch around that it was called a reliquary. I was just like, yeah, mm. his little like his little stick that he carries around. <laughs> yeah, with all the green with shit all the doodads and glib globs. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that cool little lava lamp he'd be carrying around. <laughs> Love that thing. <laughs> that little glow stick that you got. Super cool. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sick, man. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the rewriting of history continues because apparently this is what sparks the Russian the revolution. revolution. Yeah. Yeah. So Can I get an amen? <laughs> I mean, we didn't do anything wrong, my people. Yeah. It was the spirits. So we then see the revolutionaries bust through the palace gates with torches. Everybody starts to run. But Anastasia's like, wait, wait, I can't leave my music box. So she runs Crazy, back. crazy. Like, Someone stop this child. The dowager runs after her. Anastasia does find her music box, but like they're like trapped in this room. They're about to be cornered when suddenly the wall opens up. There's a secret passageway and kitchen boy Dimitri pops out and he's like, come, come, like you got to get out right now. So he pulls the dowager and Anastasia into the wall so they can escape through the server's uh, quarters. But on her way out, Anastasia drops her music box, but Dimitri's like, just go, you got to go. So he closes the door on them just before the revolutionaries come in, they immediately knock Dimitri out, mm-hmm. and we see him fall next to Anastasia's music box. Uh, outside, Anastasia and the Dowager run across the frozen river, but Rasputin jumps onto Anastasia and like has a gorilla grip on her ankle, mm. and basically, like he's about to demise this child but the ice cracks below him and he ends up drowning so anastasia and the dowager run over to this train station which is apparently like right next door and hop on the moving train the dowager said smell you later kid (laughs) she said eat my dust (laughs) right she's like gotta look out for number one and she gets pulled onto the train and like tries to hold on to anastasia's hand but they end up getting separated. I mean, she's on a moving vehicle. Anastasia's walking. Like, you got to pull her up or let her go. Mm-hmm. And that's she lets her go. So Anastasia falls to the ground. She pff, absolutely bangs her head. Smacks a little head bits. on the pavement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to make that into a TikTok. It has to be, like, spliced. <laughs> Did you just smack your little head on the pavement there? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so, yeah, the dowager says lives were destroyed that night, and her beloved grandchild, Anastasia, she never saw again. Have we mentioned on this podcast how easy it is to get amnesia? Because <laughs> apparently it's very easy. <laughs> it's a fucking easy thing to do. You fall once, you're done. It happens. We have to cover 51st dates. Oh my god, we have to. It happens all the time, apparently. Like, amnesia isn't funny, like, totally. No, of no. course, yeah. <laughs> it's just shocking how much it's, it's just, used just, as a device. It's like, a, yeah. Yeah. 
It's not as common as movies are are making us believe. Yeah. I assume. I feel like one of my <laughs> biggest fears as a like kid was like to hit my head really hard and like maybe not get amnesia, but like mm. I was like, oh, because these movies, man, they make you think like you get hit on the head once and you're like game over. Yeah. I feel like in movies, either you hit yourself, you hit your head and you get amnesia or you hit your head and you just die. Like those are the two options. And there's always like getting hit in the head with a coconut. Mm-hmm. I was like, how many people die a year from getting hit in the head with a coconut? Or you could be like Junie and Spy Kids and get fucking <laughs> hit in the head with a briefcase you and have no injuries. <laughs> Yeah. No, you don't sustain any injuries. But yeah, also kind of fucked that the Dowager doesn't seem to really care about her other grandchildren who were just murdered and her son, her daughter in law. She was Audi 3000. Mm -hmm. She's just like, but my Anastasia, she's lost forever. But in any case, we get a little time jump 10 years later. The you know the industrial revolution in full swing. We got people working in factories, and they're singing about how how bleak life is, how awful things have been since the revolution. This is a very like pro monarchy film, yeah, for sure. But thank goodness for the gossip that gets them through the day, and we have the amazing song "A Rumor in Saint Petersburg," oh, which. Yeah. It's a fucking banger. I love the little whispered like, have you heard there's a rumor in St. Petersburg? I'm like, just scratching my brain in the best way. (laughs) Yeah. I love the syncopation. So we see everybody reading the papers about how Anastasia may still be alive because she was never found. And the dowager is willing to pay a big sum to whoever finds her granddaughter. Wowie. Also a great exposition song. Like we cut right to the chase. We know exactly what's going on. We meet Vlad and Dimitri. They are like Mm -hmm. con men, partners in crime. They're walking through the market where everybody is claiming to be selling these like genuine Romanov articles. And Vlad tells Dimitri that he got them the theater. And Dimitri's like, amazing. Now we just have to find the girl. No more cheap cons. They want to find a girl to play Anastasia, coach her, Take her to Paris, fool the dowager, and then they'll be rich. Yeah, wow. And we also get this, like, amazing, huge dance number in the town square. It's simply divine. (laughs) (laughs) Simply divine. (laughs) Yeah. Think, like, Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Like. Totally. Bonjour. 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 Hey. (laughs) So we cut over to Anya, a little scrappy woman, mm. and this other woman named Comrade Flemke, Fle, Flegmanhof. Flegmanhof. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> got it. Um, <laughs> she's telling Anya that she got her a job at the fish factory. Like, you should be so lucky. And Anya's like, have paying attention. She's also saying goodbye to some friends. You can tell she's a very, like, I don't want to say dreamy, but she kind of, like, doesn't have a huge respect for authority figures. Oh, yeah. She's fiery. She's yeah, she's, she's like a, a fresh, redhead. like, 18-year-old. She's like, I'm busting out of this orphanage, and I'm right. getting out there. Flegmankov tells her 
She has been a thorn in her side from the day she got here. You know, I've kept you fed, da da da, and Anastasia's like kept her, kept her roof over my head, and Flagmankov is like, okay, you don't remember who you were before you got here, but you remember all that. And Anya just like holds her necklace and says she does have a clue, and her necklace says together in Paris forever. And Flagmankov is like, oh, you want to go to France, find your family. And Anya's like, yes. And she's like, it's time to take your place in life. In life and in line. And like pushes her through the front gates. And she tells her to just walk up the road, take the fork on the left. That'll take her to the fish factory. So Anya walks down the road. She's like kind of ranting to herself about this orphanage matron lady. And is like, yeah, I'll be fine. Because I'll be, don't have to deal with you anymore. Mm. And she kind of looks at the two, the sign at the fork in the road. One way is the fish factory. The other way is St. Petersburg. And she's like, well, if I go left, I'll be Anya the orphan forever. But if I go right, maybe I could find, I don't know. Maybe I could go to Paris. Oh, I just <laughs> need a, I just need a sign. And then all of a sudden, a little tiny, scrappy little puppy jumps out of the snow. The cutest, sweetest, well-trained puppy there mm-hmm. ever was. The cutest feral dog I've ever seen in my life. Yes. <laughs> Who has never had to piss or shit mm-hmm. ever. Not even on a, a boat. Super well-behaved. Very clean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he comes up and grabs her scarf and she tries to chase him around. She's like, excuse me, um, I'm looking for a sign here. And she realizes that the dog is standing on the path to St. Petersburg. Yes. And she's like, okay, all right. I, I, get, I hear you loud and clear. And then we get this amazing song, Journey to the Past. It is so good. It is like one of my probably favorite animated musical songs of all time this song is kind of a banger yeah you know it it goes hard for sure and it's just such like a beautiful emotional arc i feel like there's so many moments in there especially like as a performer where you can have so many like discoveries throughout and the lyrics are really beautiful she just sings about you know wanting to like learn where she came from, go on this journey to the past, find a place where she belongs. She ends up like strolling through this town where she comes across this family with some kids and she looks at them and she sings the lyrics like home, love, family. There was once a time yeah. I must have had them too. And I'm like, let's I was fucking like, go. at my heartstrings. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just the phrase, like, journey to the past is so, like, juicy. It's yeah. just, like, oh, you're, like, going on a journey, but, like, you're going in the past because you're finding what you forgot. Ugh, it's I get, like, chills every time I listen to it. It's so good. And, you know, she just decides one step at a time, one hope, then another. She's going on this journey to the past. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. So Anya makes her way to St. Petersburg. Apparently, it's right around the corner. Like, by the time the song is done, Mm -hmm. she's like, I've made it. (laughs) And uh, she tries to buy a ticket to Paris. But they're like, you got an exit visa? No exit visa, no ticket. 
and there's an older woman in line behind her and she's like, hey, hey, come here. Listen, Dimitri, he can hook you up. He's in the old palace. He can help you. Don't tell anyone <laughs> I said that, though. Do yeah. not tell a soul. Everyone in St. Petersburg is a freaking gossip. <laughs> Back in a theater in St. Petersburg, Dimitri and Vlad are holding auditions for their faux Anastasia. You know, some people go, we see this huge scroll of names that they've crossed out. One person walks on stage and they're like, I look like a princess and I dance like a feather. What? That's different than my version. You don't see anyone audition? I do, but it's this like, it's this woman who's like the walking personification of a cigarette and she drops her coat and goes, Grandmama, it's me. Anastasia and they just like cross her name out hold on let's let's fact check it I have the the movie downloaded give me one second because maybe I wrote down I was looking at the script like it's possible I just wrote down the wrong words yeah it's like this swanky like music and she drops her coat okay I've written down the wrong thing she says that (laughs) but I can also imagine her saying this Mm. Yeah. So maybe it was just a different version of the script. Must have been. But yeah, because in my notes, I put the cigarette emojis next to her. Yeah. (laughs) I would say that an Anastasia drag queen costume could be very well done. Oh, yeah. That could be a fun character, especially with Journey to the Past back once upon a December. Come on. Absolutely. So anyways, that's not what they say. (laughs) But Dimitri and Vlad are like... That, that's not our Anastasia. Mm-hmm. So they end auditions with no Anastasia. And Vlad tells Dimitri they spent their last kopeck on this flea-infested theater. But Dimitri is like, you know, we're going to find someone. Plus, I do have Anastasia's actual jewelry box. So when the Empress sees that, you know, she'll think that we brought the real Anastasia. So Anya manages to make it to the palace And her little dog, Puka, who now belongs to her, sneaks in. So she has to, like, tear down some of the wooden barricades to get in. She looks around the palace, like, for any sign of life. She goes into the dining room where she comes across this, like, huge table. And she picks up this plate and blows the dust off of it and sees her reflection in it. And suddenly, she gets a memory flash of her dancing with her father the night of the of the ball Mm -hmm. she's like oh that was weird and says that this place is like a memory from a dream oh and this is when phil was like you gotta call me in the room yep to enjoy the song Mm -hmm. and he did he did so anya breaks out into once upon a december and she sings about the dancing bears the wonders of the palace her family And as she sings, she imagines the ballroom filled with guests and she sees Tsar Nicholas. My gosh, it's so magical the way that like they burst out of like the portraits that are lining the ballroom and all these like ghosts float down. It actually makes me think a lot about like the Haunted Mansion ride. Yeah. When you see all all the ghosts dancing around and like she gets in that beautiful dress and like reunites with her family for a minute yeah it is spectacular the 
when she hearkens back, when we have these songs about the past, it's like everything was so beautiful and glamorous and just like the best of the best. And her life is so far from that now. Mm -hmm. There's so much yearning. It's the yearning. Yeah. But then it's also like all of that was like so fleeting Mm -hmm. and she never really she was a child like she never really got to experience it she never got to spend the time with her family yeah there's a lot of internal turmoil yeah funnily enough i actually did read that the real life romanov children Mm -hmm. they actually lived a very like simple life They, they slept in cots they had to like do their schoolwork they had to like learn skills and stuff they weren't really like spoiled or they didn't really like live a super gilded life, which was surprising to me because like it's so in contrast to like their parents, but they actually raised them like quite simply, mm. which was interesting. So where was all the money going, I guess? In someone's pocket, that's for sure. Oh, Rasputin. <laughs> no. So yeah. Anya is having this some might say a journey to the past. Mm-hmm. And Dimitri spots Anya. And asks her what she's doing here. And she's like, oh, not, you know, nothing. She starts running away. But he stops her. And he's like, how'd you get in here? But then he sees Anya's face. And she's standing right in front of a painting of Anastasia and her family. And he looks like from her face to Anastasia's face. And he's like, um, okay, <laughs> you're hired. He's like, hey, Vlad. Are you seeing what I'm seeing right now? <laughs> you picking up what I'm putting down right now? <laughs> yeah. And Anya's like, um, are you Dimitri? I, I heard you can help me get travel papers, uh, but I'm not supposed to tell you that. <laughs> and he circles around her and starts to mention how she looks just like dot, dot, dot. But then he's like, oh, uh, you mentioned travel papers. And she's like, yes, I want to go to Paris. And Dimitri asks for her last name, and she's like, I don't remember my last name. I was found wandering around when I was eight. Mm. Yeah. She doesn't have any memories from her past, but she has one clue, and that's Paris. So Dimitri's like, I have three tickets to Paris. And he's like, Vlad, give me the tickets, literally circus (laughs) tickets. Like, sweetie. Yeah. You got to know that that's not what you think it is. but. He's like, see, I have the three. And then he like takes one of the tickets. He's like, three circus <laughs> tickets, um, play, you know, train tickets. Oops. <laughs> and the last one, though, it, that's reserved for Anastasia. And they tell Anya that they're going to reunite Anastasia with her grandmama. They begin to like set up Anya. They say how much she looks like Anastasia, like in the royal family. And Anya's like, Okay, you're insane. And Dimitri's like, well, you don't remember anything. You said your family's in Paris. Her family's in Paris. Hmm. Mm, I'm sensing a connection. But, hello, well. <laughs> but if you're not who we're looking for. So they're like, well, the third ticket is reserved for Anastasia. So if that's not you, walk away, walk away. And as they're walking away, Vlad's like, why didn't you tell her our plan? We should go back there. And Dimitri's like, I got it all under control. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. But hey, <laughs> hey, just between you and me, I'll walk a little bit slower. Okay. 
So Anya is like on the other like platform of the stairs and she's like admiring the portrait and she decides to like run down and she calls out to Dimitri. She's like, wait, I don't remember my past. Like I could be a princess and if I'm not, the empress will know and it'll be an honest mistake. It's foolproof. Big old shrug, right? (laughs) (laughs) And Vlad's like, okay. And if you are, you know, you'll finally have your family back. Either way, you're going to Paris, baby. Yeah, it sounds like you're the winner, Anya. Don't ask any more questions. I know. <laughs> oh, man. I got to say, though, I i mean, I still am, but I was absolutely in love with Dimitri as a child. He was like... He's kind of a hottie. Absolutely. And I... They didn't need to make him that hot. No, they character. really didn't. But he is so fine and... I absolutely would have fallen for like any con he tried to pull on me. Oh yeah. I'm simply powerless against his charms. Dimitri is like, hey, um, have you heard of the cinnamon challenge? And I'm like, hand me a spoon right now. Right. He's like, hey, have you heard of the fire festival? I can get tickets for you. <laughs> oh, perfect. I'll get on a plane. Hey girly, um, I found a great way to make money. All you have to do is recruit five other people. Do you want to join? Hey girly, I have this invention called Theranos. Um, <laughs> you just put your a little tiny bit of blood in, you could run all these tests. And I'm like, wow, I'm sold. Your eyes are beautiful. What did you just say? Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, here's my wallet. <laughs> so As Dimitri and Anya are kind of, like, bickering, this is, like, really the start of their truly delicious banter that we get throughout the movie. They're bickering about whether or not she can bring her dog Puka, and up on the top of a portrait is a teeny tiny little Russian bat named Bartok, who is Rasputin's minion? Friend? I don't know what really like he his, does. Like, sidekick yeah. gremlin guy. <laughs> it's weird because like the minions are markedly like the things that come out of the reliquary. Yeah. I also feel like Bartok is a minion because he's just like Rasputin's yeah. right hand guy. I don't know. Except he never he doesn't do anything other than provide um comedic relief, which I enjoy. Totally. But <laughs> he's playing the Timon and Pumba role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He also has his own movie. He gets his own movie after this called Bartok the Magnificent, I believe. I've never seen it, but... Go off. (laughs) Go off, King. Yeah, get your bag. He hears... His ears perk up when he hears somebody say the name Anastasia, and he's like, but that's not possible. Anastasia is dead. All the Romanovs (laughs) are dead. And we find out Bartok has actually been living in New York City. He's a native New Yorker. Um, yeah, he's voiced by Hank Azaria. And this was not at all the voice that they had envisioned for Bartok. What did they want? And Hank was just like, let me try something out. Let me let me throw some shit on the wall and see what sticks. Let me just make it my own. And he's like, master. I <laughs> Well, gee whiz, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, they're dead, they're dead, 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 dead. But then all of a sudden, the reliquary comes to life for the first time in a decade. It starts glowing, 
some little spirits start flying out. And Bartok is like, but if that thing's alive, then Anastasia must be alive. And that's when the reliquary like shoots through the air and pulls Bartok into the underworld. Okay, but hear me out. A Rasputin and Bartok Halloween costume. Every time you say hear me out, I know it's about to be the most insane Halloween costume idea. I just feel like there are so many opportunities and the only fault in them is that more people aren't in tune with pop culture. Right. People just aren't on our level. Um, yeah. <laughs> if one of us wore all white, they'd be like, well, obviously you're a Bartok from the 1997 <laughs> film, Anastasia. <laughs> like a white bat costume? Well, who's being Rasputin? Because I don't want to be Rasputin. <laughs> I think Rasputin is a fun character. It's like such a, like, it's such a, you know, as actors, mm. we want to go there. We want to take right. on that new challenge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to take on that beard, though, or the long ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Although I was thinking while watching, I was like, I do still have that red wig from Halloween. What if I fashioned an Anastasia, Anastasia. costume next year? Maybe. We'll that see. could be fun. Yeah. yeah. So we enter the netherworld. And Bartok is like, um, Rasputin, you're still alive? Oh, my God. And he's like, in a manner of speaking, and his eyeball falls out, <laughs> flat out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, Bartok, something has happened. And Bartok is like, yes, I saw Anastasia. <gasps> Rasputin is pissed. Bartok's like trying to calm him down. He's like, yeah, curses aren't what they used to be. Then Rasputin is put in the pieces. Putting the pieces together. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Putting the pieces together. That's why I'm stuck in limbo because my curse is unfulfilled. Like, he can't move on. He, like, waves his arm. His hands fall off. The man's a mess. He's Mm -hmm. a wreck. He starts crying. He's like, I'm a wreck. I look like shit. And Bartok (laughs) is like, you look good. Like, considering how long you've been dead, you're looking good. He looks pretty much the same. I got to be honest. Yeah, his his (laughs) – You know, the pieces of his body are just, like, falling off and Mm -hmm. whatnot. And he tells him that the gift from the dark forces was the key to his power. And Bartok is like, he just moves to the left. He's like, oh, are you talking about this? This hunk of junk? This old thing? (laughs) And Rasputin picks up the reliquary and begins to sing. And we got another fucking banger. This song... They, again, no reason that they had to go this hard, but... But they did. This is a great villain song. Truly one of the best of all time. We get In the Dark of the Night. He sings about, you know, his mysticism, how the royals betrayed him, and everyone paid except for Anastasia, who escaped. <laughs> and, like, we got all these little, like, bug-like creatures that are also down in the, the underworld with him. Yeah. And they start, like, bopping along. They come in with the backup vocals where they're like, bum, 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 in the background. It really, it just, like, it gets the people going, man. It's a true anthem. Yeah. I don't know why. It feels, like, funny to call it a musical because it's not, like, there aren't a ton of scenes where people are breaking out into song. And it's really, when people are singing, it's like one person. Yeah. But they make every song count really well. Yeah, I believe there's only like six songs. 
I think that's right. But everyone, they don't waste a single second. And no. he basically is just singing about, you know, his evil plan to end the Romanov line. We see like the reliquary showing Anya and Dimitri getting on the the train. And he mm-hmm. sings, Dosvidanya, Anya. And I was like, clever, love it. <laughs> and the dark spirits like fly out of the reliquary and Rasputin sends them off to do the deed, aka kill Anya. So we then cut to the train. They're on their way to good old Paris. Vlad is like forging their travel papers. And Dimitri tells Anya, to, they're like sitting next to each other. He's like, stop fiddling with your necklace and sit up straight. You're a grand duchess. And so she slouches even more. And I was like, ah, oh, a sassy queen. I love her. <laughs> She's like, how would you know what grand duchesses do? And he's like, because I met a lot of them and I'm just trying to help. And she's like, well, do you really think I'm royalty? And he says yes. And she's like, then stop bossing me around and like sticks her tongue out at him. And I'm like, ah, the enemies to lovers. It's already starting. (laughs) I think it's Vlad that says she certainly has a mind of her own. And Dimitri goes, yeah, I hate that in a woman. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Um, but Vlad then like opens up his little notebook and gives another point to Anya. We see that she has like 20 points and Dimitri has like three. (laughs) So she's a quick witted girl. I love that about her. Yeah. I love Vlad also. He's like kind of an underrated character. Oh, definitely. He is necessary. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I feel like he plays kind of this like father figure. Yeah. I did wonder for like a time if, he was Dimitri's father. Yeah, I was wondering that too, but I think he just worked in the palace with him. Mm-hmm. Dimitri and Anya sit in the train cabin, and Dimitri is like, listen, I think we got off on the wrong foot. And she's like, thank you for the apology. And he's like, okay. Um. <laughs> That's certainly not what I – I did not apologize to you. And she tells him not to talk anymore because it's only going to upset her. And I'm like – you're kind of a bitch but but sure like he does seem annoying also so whatever then they both agree to keep quiet and just like sit and Anya immediately breaks this pact and she's like do you think you're gonna miss it and he's like what are you talking about you're talking yeah Yeah. he's like um your voice and she's like no Russia Russia Dimitri. Mm, get with the program. <laughs> He's like, no, it was just a place I lived once. And Anya's like, um, it's the only place you lived. Like, you've lived there your whole yeah. life. <laughs> and she talks about the importance of, like, having a home. And it's something that every normal person wants. And then she gets fed up with him not moving his legs so she can pass and leave. And Vlad comes back in. And they're just, like, going at it, complaining to Vlad about each other and Anya ends up storming out of the cabin and then Vlad points out to Dimitri's like oh there's an attraction Mm. there's an attraction between the two of you and then Dimitri's like no there isn't and he shuts it down immediately my man Vlad knows what's going on he's like this ain't my first rodeo kid right right. (laughs) so then we have a tone shift because shit's about to go down 
we see the evil little green spirits fly over to the train and they sneak on board. Meanwhile, Vlad is in like the hallway of this train car and he passes by some people with their travel papers and they're in red ink now. Last month they were blue, this month they're red. So he goes into the cabin and tells Dimitri they got a problem, their travel papers. He says, it's what I hate about this government. Everything is red. (laughs) And they basically decide their only option is to move to the baggage car to hide from the the people checking the papers. So Dimitri goes over to try and wake Anya up because she is napping. And when she, like, turns over, she ends up smacking the shit out of him, like, right across his face. He's like, you broke my nose. (laughs) And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought you were so... Oh, never mind. It's just you. (laughs) So they go to the baggage car and we can see like the spirits from the reliquary breaking the chains, connecting them to the dining car. And then Vlad notices this insane fire and smoke coming from the front of the train. So Dimitri hops over to the engine like literally hops over like runs across the the thing the coals. of coals yeah <laughs> he's like gravity doesn't exist <laughs> and um he's like i'm going to check it out so that shit is on fire mm-hmm. like fire yeah. and there is no driver they're going way too fast dimitri's like okay you know let's jump but they're over a bridge and the spirits actually weld the links between the cars together so Dimitri can't uncouple them. He like tries to use this tiny axe, but it doesn't work. And then Puka actually finds a box of dynamite and he ends up using like a stick of dynamite to blow up the links. But because of the momentum, they're still going too fast. And he's like, oh, no worries. You know, we'll slow down after time. There's plenty of track left. No, there's not because there is a broken ass bridge just around the corner Uh he grabs this giant chain and Anya helps him link it to the back of the car he almost falls onto the tracks but she grabs his hand just in time have a moment they share a glance and then Dimitri throws the other end of the chain out and hooks the track and when I tell you this train car goes sideways it kind of just is like "Er, er." yeah not enough that they can stop but they do end up jumping out just in time before both the engine and the baggage car go right over the cliff yeah what happened to everyone else on that train right (laughs) that's just not talked about because they would be i guess they would be behind them well they were at the front right because they were at the engine yeah i'm like they're stranded (laughs) i guess maybe the dining car was behind them And that probably had enough time to, like, slow to a more gradual stop. Yeah. But those people absolutely did lose their luggage. And they are also stranded. Stranded, yeah. Because uh, there are no phones. So. Yeah, someone's going to have to save them. And I don't know how they will get to them. Oh, I guess the other – the tracks on the other side are okay. But you're going to have to rebuild those tracks. Like, that's a really expensive thing. No one's going to be able to travel Mm -hmm. via train right now. And those people lost all their bags. Yeah, uh, we just did a lot of mental gymnastics to explain that scene. <laughs> um, yeah, but another thing that I do, I did also notice in the scene, I was like, my God, 
Dimitri is a very quick thinker. Oh, yeah. He's like bing, bang, boom. Like I would certainly would not have the problem solving skills to come up with like four <laughs> different plans in the yeah. five minute let span. Go, uh, <laughs> let me go check the engine. Um, Fire. Actually, we're going to detach from the engine. Um, Does anyone have a pickaxe perhaps? Oh, yeah. hmm, that didn't work. We're going to jump. No. First, we're going to throw this chain. I was like, yeah, he was like, <laughs> Check. He is plan A, on it. plan B, plan C. I'm like, now that's someone you want around in a crisis. That's for sure. Yeah. One thing that I also really liked about this scene is that, I mean, obviously we knew, you know, logically that they're not going to die this early on in the movie, you know. No way. But I think they did a really good job at making the stakes feel very high. And you did feel like a real sense of danger that, like, yeah, like maybe Vlad something would die. bad might actually happen. Yeah. Like a side character or something. Like Puka would die. Because mm-hmm. like but he doesn't. <laughs> the a train is a hard thing to stop. So I thought they did a very good job at like building up the suspense just the right amount where you know like nothing actually is gonna happen, but it yeah. feels like it could. And then also they have any story, they're like, we love not being able to just get people to where they're going. They're like, there's always a problem with the car, mm-hmm. with the freaking plane. Like, oh, there's no. always a transportation this issue. This hotel bedroom only has one bed. I guess I have to <laughs> share it with my mortal oh enemy. My <laughs> Our flight was delayed. I'm going to have to wait in the airport all night with the guy I hate. Mm. So then we cut back to Limbo, the underworld. Rasputin is livid that his plan did not work that he has been thwarted oh yeah Bartok goes on he's like master you have to keep your blood pressure in check (laughs) and Rasputin is just at a loss because his plan didn't work and Bartok is like oh yeah this fucking piece of shit reliquary it must be broken and just (laughs) bang yeets it yeets it across the underworld (laughs) So Rasputin dives through the air, sending his, like, barely attached hand out to catch it so it doesn't smash, Mm -hmm. and explains to Bartok that he sold his soul for this thing. Therefore, his existence is tied to it. It depends on it. Wow. So if you would destroy that, you destroy your master. So Bartok is like, oh, man, like... I tell you what, boss, like, I wish I could get the job done for you. I do a hi and a hi and I kick her, sir. <laughs> You're really going all out on the impression? On my very terrible Barstock impression. And I kick her, sir. And I kick her, sir. He just looks so pleased with himself. But he's like, I can do it. Yeah. Let, put me in, coach. Let me at her. Right. But Rasputin says he actually has something else in mind. Something mm-hmm. really cruel, which is what he oh, says. Shit. And it actually is. It is pretty, pretty fucked up what his next plan is. The mind games. Yeah. Pretty crazy. So the journey continues. Anya, Dimitri, Vlad are on foot. They're headed to a bus that will take them to Germany. And Vlad calls out. He's like, oh, Sophie, I'm on my way. Who's Sophie, you might ask? Mm. Um, He's in love with this woman. 
and he calls her a decadent pastry filled with whipped cream and laughter. Incredible. (laughs) And we find out Sophie is the dowager's cousin, and they need to see her first before they can get to the dowager. Anya is immediately upset. She's like, I never wanted to lie. I don't need to like prove myself. Like, I don't want to be dishonest. Mm-hmm. Dimitri's like, listen, babes, <laughs> you got you got to flip your mind right a little bit. <laughs> He's like, you don't know it's a lie. Remember? Because you're fucking amnesiac. Mm-hmm. You're, you have amnesia. Yeah. And he's like, I thought this was something that you wanted, you know, to see you through to go to Paris. You're not going to Paris. <laughs> so he's gaslighting her. <laughs> and Anya's like, I'm not exactly Grand Duchess material here. I will say, though, not so much in this scene, but in the scene from Journey to the Past when she has that big oversized coat and like the little hat and the scarf and the boots. I'm like, the way that this outfit would kill on TikTok. Slay. Yeah. <laughs> slay in the lower east side absolutely she would be like a fashion influencer in a second we should make a meme it's like how how uh, people think you know you dress in new york and we could have like um another just like some sort of famous disney princess or like character how how women actually yeah. dress in New York <laughs> and it's Anastasia and her like yeah. raggedy ass coat mm. and like fingerless gloves. Yeah, and her like baggy belted like burlap sack dress. Yeah. Yeah. So Anya kind of walks off to this little bridge when Vlad joins her and he they like look out on this lake. It's a really beautiful scenery. Again, it looks like a painting that they're standing in front of. I really like this animation style. I think it's like far more interesting than just if everything was like hyper-realistic. And they look in the water and he asks what she sees in her reflection. And she's like, I just see a skinny little nobody with no past and no future. And he's like, that's interesting because what I see is an engaging, fiery young woman who has shown a regal command equal to any royal in the world. And I've known my fair share of royalty. I do love, like, this little moment. I love their relationship, too. It, again, feels very, like, father-daughter-esque. Yeah. And he tells her that he was actually a member of the imperial court. How did he escape murder? Right? That's what I want to know. I'm like, Vlad, what's up your sleeve, man? Mm -hmm. So Dimitri then comes up and asks if she is ready to become the Grand Duchess. And she just like rolls her eyes and kind of walks away from him. But Vlad is like, there's nothing left for you back in Russia. Everything is in Paris. And this does convince Anya and she turns around and is like, okay. Start your teaching. And that's when we get the song, If I Can Learn to Do It. You can learn to do it. (laughs) And Vlad is like, starts telling her the lore of Anastasia. Like, you were born in a palace by the sea. You rode horseback when you were only three. My God. (laughs) And Vlad and Dimitri sing about what her life was like when she was a kid and encourage her to like imagine the past they teach her how to walk like a princess 
You, you could sing that little little ditty if you if you want to. Something in you knows it. It's nothing to it. Follow in my footsteps, shoe by shoe. You can learn to do it too. Thank you. Thank you so much. Nice. <laughs> they teach her table manners, and I love these rhymes. I never cared for stroganoff. She said that like a Romanov. No, it's no, just, no, no. It's so good. It's so campy. <laughs> and they ride horses. Anya is a natural. Dimitri gets thrown into the mud. They walk her through her family tree, and. They go through these like quirky facts about her relatives. They're like Kropotkin shot Potemkin in the botkin and Uncle Vanya loved his vodka. Mm. And in the midst of memorizing, Anya mentions Count Sergei has a yellow cat, but Vlad and Dimitri are like, we didn't tell her that. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So she's having a little journey to the past of her own. Mm-hmm. And as they keep Working on it, Anya becomes more confident and unbeknownst to me (laughs) until we like get there. They have been on a a fucking bus, Mm -hmm. which I'm like, is that even allowed? Is that we see them in the back of a truck where they're doing their little like table manners lesson? They're in the back of a truck. Word. Yeah. So I think that that was the quote unquote bus (laughs) they take to the boat. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize that. Well, I guess if there's trains, there would be cars. Yeah, there are cars. It's 1916. There's cars. When were cars made? 1886. Holy shit. That's crazy. Was when the patent for a vehicle powered by a gas engine. Yeah. Okay, that's wild. So cars cars have been out for for a minute. (laughs) I was surprised (laughs) when they said bus. I was like... Bus. Well, they had- like I rode a bus the other day. <laughs> well, at this point, it's um, nineteen sixteen, nineteen twenty six. Oh, you're right because it's yeah. ten years yeah, later. Yeah, nineteen twenty six. So okay, there's definitely right, cars. Yeah. Damn. Okay. But yeah, it is confusing with the time jump because they don't then say now it's nineteen twenty six. They're just like we start in nineteen sixteen, and they don't mention a year after that. You do the math. You do the math, <laughs> children. Do some math. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so they do make it to the boat. And Anya is feeling, you know, really good. She's like, I I am a princess. So on the boat, little smitten kitten Dimitri <laughs> goes up to Anya and he's like, hey, I like I bought you this dress. And she <laughs> immediately goes to criticizing and she like oh my God. pulls it open and she's like, is it a dress or is it a tent? And he's like, what are you looking for? And she's like, oh, I just wanted to see if the Russian circus was inside this thing. And he's like. Absolutely like <laughs> demising him, just like burning him to bits. He's like, yeah, anyways, just like put it on. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> he goes up to like. Oh, I was looking for the fucking cow shit in this turd of a dress. Fucking sack that you bought for me that I guess I must deign to put on my body. Potatoes in here? Because it looks like a fucking potato sack. (laughs) Bitch. You ugly son of a bitch. Yeah, it looks like shit. Looks bad. You have bad taste. You're poor. You got no family. (laughs) You got no family. Your mama wouldn't wear this dress. Your mama's mama would never wear this dress. Your mama's mama's mama. 
would never wear this dress. And he's like, I love you. I love you. It's like, okay. <laughs> never mind. Sorry. So he goes up to They're the, English. They're British now. Yeah, suddenly they're British. Well, it's funny that literally everybody else has like regional accents except for <laughs> Anastasia and Dimitri who are American. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Like everyone else has either Russian accented English, French accented English, but they're like Anastasia and Dimitri. Americano baby. <laughs> Red, white, and blue all day. <laughs> so a little later, Dimitri and Vlad are like playing chess on the uh the deck of this this Titanic-like boat that they're on. And Anya emerges in the dress, but She's made some alterations. She okay. she made a little bow for her hair. She put a little belt on. She's got her little mm-hmm. boots on. I do think that if I did an Anastasia costume, like I would want to do this. You'd have to. This yeah. costume specifically. It's iconic. Yeah. I know a lot of people either go for like the blue gown or like her look, her orphan look in the beginning. But how many people have you known that have done this costume? I've just seen it on like Twitter oh, okay. and like TikTok yeah. and stuff. Not like <laughs> I've never seen it. Well, I actually, one of my friends did dress up as like orphan Anya. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. So she gets up in her little dress. Dimitri is entranced by her little look. And Vlad is like, all right, now you're dressed for a ball. You'll learn to dance for one, too. Dimitri, off your feet. Go dance with her. And he's like, oh, me? I don't know. Like, my dancing skills really aren't that great. But, like, if you insist. (laughs) There's something I love more than a self-conscious hot guy. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) You're like, you've caught my attention. (laughs) Yeah. Confident hot man, trash. Don't want him. Get away from me. Awful. Very, very, <laughs> very bad. But he like gets up to dance with her and they start dancing. And Vlad is like, Anya, like, he's the one that's supposed to lead. You gotta loosen up a little bit. So <laughs> they dance a little slower, and Dimitri is looking in her eyes, and he's like, um, the the dress, it it looks beautiful. She's like, oh, thank you. And he's like, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it was nice on the hanger, and but it looks even better on you. You, sh- you should wear it. And he, she's like, I, I am wearing it. And he's like so nervous. <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> so they dance. It's like very romantic. We have the sunset behind them, the fresh, salty air from the ocean. And as they did, <laughs> you're adding in I'm, details. I'm just filling out the scene, you know. <laughs> Vlad sings a little, uh, like, learn to do it reprise about how Anya is radiant and confident now. He taught her well and planned it all. He just forgot romance. I never should have let them dance. Love. So. As they're dancing, Anya says, like, oh, I'm I'm starting to feel a little dizzy. And he's like, yeah, I, I feel lightheaded, too. It's probably probably from the spinning. Not not from anything else. <laughs> not from, like, the feelings that are swirling around my kind heart. It's crazy <laughs> that they go right into, like, I feel lightheaded. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh, do you need to lay down on top of it? <laughs> do you feel a little pitter-patter in your heart, Dimitri? <laughs> 
so they they stop oh dancing and he's like maybe sh- we should stop and she's like we we have stopped and he's like anya i and they start to lean in for a kiss it's pretty spicy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like they get very close when all of a sudden puka cock block alert starts growling and barking and then dimitri pulls back and he's like um you're doing really great in the lessons anyways bye talk to you later talk to you later (laughs) when i tell you they are about to kiss Mm -hmm. like there's millimeters not a hair between them how can you come back from that like like you just i don't think i could show my face again no and they have to sleep in the same room. They have to keep traveling together. Like, that tension is palpable. For sure. For sure. And we get more boat. Love boat content. Mm. And we can see on the map the ship goes around the top of Europe and then south to Paris. On the boat, Anya and Vlad talk and she brushes her hair. And Puka climbs into Dimitri's bag. And he takes out a music box mm. and Anya looks at it and she's like, hmm, are you sure it's a jewelry box? And we see these like dancing figures circling around Anya's head and she's like, maybe it could be something special, something to do with the secret. Mm. And I'm like, okay, any in any other case, like you'd sound insane, yeah. but – you're onto something here. Because we know. It's like, well, yeah, obviously. But anyone else is like, okay, lady, anyways. <laughs> okay. A secret. What the hell? Mm-hmm. So Vlad is like, anything is possible. You know, you taught Dimitri how to waltz. Mm. Like, pan over to Dimitri, who's absolutely knocked TF out. Yep. And he's like, oh, that man could sleep through anything. And <laughs> they go to sleep and... um Anya brings, like, Puka to bed. Vlad, when he, like, plops on the top bunk, literally inverts the entire bed. And it's, like, Puka's, like, getting crushed between Anya's knees and Vlad's, like, mattress. I'm like, let the lady have the top bunk. That's good manners. Oh, I want the bottom bunk. See, I also prefer the bottom bunk, but I find that everybody always wants the top I'm afraid of falling off, so I always take the bottom. I just feel like it's easier to get up in the morning. That's true. I mean, I did have bunk beds for like a few years when I was a kid, but those ones had like railings, so I was fine to sleep on the top then. But like when we were in dorms and like the beds were bunked, those were just beds that they stacked on top of each other. Like they – That's crazy. There were not railings, and my roommate took the top bunk, and she was always terrified that she was going to like fall off the middle of the night because like there's no railing it's just a bed that's stacked on another bed like stepbrother style really <laughs> so you guys have like a really small dorm room yeah because we had like one of the studio ones and there just would not have been space for us to unbunk our beds because of the desks where were we talking about oh yeah this movie <laughs> so <laughs> we then cut back real quick to rasputin and bar talk they're watching anya sleeping soundly on the boat and rasputin says he's going to get inside her mind where she can't escape him holy moly the mental warfare begins so while she's like sleeping on the boat 
the evil little spirits fly around her and start to control her dreams and make her sleepwalk. So she dreams that she's in this beautiful field and she sees her little brother. So she starts like walking with him, but in real life is walking down the hallway of the boat and the door like closes behind her wakes Puka up. He starts barking and goes to wake Dimitri up. And it's this like crazy stormy night. Like the waves are wild. This boat is like sloshing around in the water. And Anya is like climbing onto the deck of the boat. But in her dream, she's like climbing up this hill and walking over to a watering hole. It's like a beautiful summer day. Mm Mm-hmm. Puka finally does manage to wake up Dimitri, and when he sees that Anya is missing, he immediately, like, runs off looking for her. Love a man that takes initiative. (laughs) So she is now standing on the ledge of the boat, and in her dream, she just sees her family in the watering hole, and they're like, come on, like, jump in, jump in, join us. And she is about to jump the waves are like crashing over the deck it's crazy dimitri finally spots anya he calls out her name and suddenly in anya's dream like the visions change her dad turns into this demon who says it's the romanov curse jump and all the demons start like swirling around her dimitri via rope swings across the deck Pretty hot. Very hot. He grabs her, saves her just in time as she was about to jump off the ledge and wakes her up mm-hmm. from her nightmare. <sighs> Again, they make this they make the stakes feel very high. Like it does feel like a I real really sense of chain, danger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of when in Snow White, it's like there are multiple tries mm-hmm. in the original story to like get her Oh. To like be killed. Mm. Like, eat this apple. And then like da, da, da. No, I can't thing. remember them. <laughs> yeah. But uh Rasputin is like, I'm not ready to give up that easily. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting that they just decided to do like a dream, like mm-hmm. the way that she just like falls asleep and then she's like haunt. Like it's it's really interesting. It's it's super creepy. Yeah, definitely. So she's finally awake and she's like, the the Romanov curse. Like, I kept seeing all these faces. And she's obviously, like, distraught and overwhelmed. And Dimitri tells her that it was just a nightmare, but she's safe now. And he, like, holds her. Oh, my God. (gasps) Cut back to Rasputin. The man is freaking out. He nearly strangles himself. But then he tells Bartok he's feeling clarity. And his head is, like, in his ribcage at this point. Yeah, I did think that was, like, I mean, it looks gross, but it's pretty cool. Like, you yeah. see his, like, head just laying in his empty ribcage. Yeah. And he's like, all right, I need to kill her myself in person. And Bartok's like, master, you're dead. Like, how do you plan to get there? And Rasputin is like, the train. So Rasputin raises the reliquary thunder and lightning crack there's billowing smoke that fills the room as Rasputin rockets through the ceiling my god so we then cut to Perry 
where Sophie and Bonjour. 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 I did also just like rewatch Emily in Paris over the past like two days. So how is it? Should I watch it? I mean, is it a good show? Not really. Season two is definitely a lot better than season one. I will give them that. Okay. But the new season is coming out on December 21st, I think. So I was like, okay, I'll rewatch it because I don't remember what happened. So it's 25-minute episodes. Like, it goes by really quick. Oh, okay. That's pretty quick. It's like 10 episodes a season. So, yeah. Awesome. Something to throw on in the background, I would say. But, (laughs) yes, we were with Sophie. Fucking white noise. (laughs) We were Sophie and the Dowager, and they are meeting yet another fake Anastasia who is just like listing off all of the all the answers that the Dowager has had to hear, like for the past however many years. She clocks her as a fraud, sends her on her way. And she tells Sophie that she can't keep doing this. Like she can't see any more mm-hmm. girls. Her heart just can't take it. Like very understandable. Every time you get your hopes up, only to have the same old lies fed to you. Yeah, I'm kind of like hire a different person yeah because sophie clearly is not good with the vetting process yeah so anya and dimitri practice the romanov family tree anya just expresses her fears about coming off as a phony but dimitri tells her that's why she has him (laughs) (laughs) sticks tongue out um (laughs) so they arrive at the house And Sophie answers the door and Vlad and Sophie have like a little something, something going on. And he like kisses her entire arm. The love is mutual between the two for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They just immediately flirt, flirt, flirt. They get invited in. Unfortunately, Puka gets left outside. So Sophie begins questioning Anya. You see hours pass by on a sundial outside i thought that was a clever touch Mm. and then i was confused because i was like hmm you have cars but you don't have a clock i mean they do also have clocks but i think they just wanted a sundial they don't don't have clocks no clocks in 1926 write it down very weird if you ask me (laughs) conspiracy but yeah so it is interesting the line of questioning because she begins with the same shit she's asked everyone else. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end, she's like, I have one more question for you. How did you escape from the palace during the siege? And Anya thinks for a moment, this like information kind of comes to her. And she's like, there was a boy who worked in the palace and he helped us escape by opening a wall. Oh, I know that sounds silly, opening a wall. And Dimitri is like, excuse me. (laughs) Like, this isn't what we went over. Like, what's going on? How could she know? Unless. Mm -hmm. And Vlad asks Sophie if she is a Romanov. And she says she answered every question. And so they're like, perfect. Okay, when are we going to see Marie? (laughs) But Sophie's like, I'm sorry. I just wasted your time. Like, Marie won't allow it. (laughs) She's like, oh, did I not mention that the Dowager is not seeing any not more girls? Not accepting any more people. My bae. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, Désolé. <laughs> right. Um, Vlad is like, uh, surely you must. You can think of some way to arrange a brief interview with the Dowager. And Sophie thinks about it. She's like, do you like the Russian ballet? 
because they are performing in Paris tonight and the Dowager Empress and I love the ballet and never miss it. Wink, wink, wink. Nudge, 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 nudge. You can't see me doing the most exaggerated like wink right now, but I am. <laughs> yeah. And Vlad is like, okay, okay, like we're going to get the rubles. And Dimitri tries to tell Vlad that Anya is the actual princess, but Vlad just thinks like he means that she did a really good job. And he's like, yeah, I know. Right. He's like, it was so good. I almost believed her. Mm. Then Anya comes out and she's like, hey, guys, like Sophie wants to take a shopping in Paris. So where do they go? Chanel. Yeah, immediately to Chanel. Chanel. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, a brand name. This is wild. Yeah. We go to Chanel. We hear the song, Paris, the key And Anya walks out in this like beautiful little purple gown. It's very 20s. Like we have some fringe and it's very like frilly and gorgeous. Everyone has a new fit actually like, Dimitri has this oh, like yeah. red jacket and cream pants. Vlad has a new suit. I don't know if we mentioned this, but Sophie is voiced by Bernadette Peters. So that is whose voice we're hearing yes, right now. They stroll through the streets. There's this like big old dance number. We see like mimes and we see can-can dancers and there's a baguette and berets. It's like... <laughs> Did you forget we're in France? There's a baguette. <laughs> because we are. We even see like the Moulin Rouge and some artists. And while we're in the Moulin Rouge, like they're watching these can-can dancers and Dimitri holds up his champagne coupe and looks at Anya like dancing through it, which I thought was such a cool shot. I really love that. I'd never noticed that detail before. But he's looking at her through like the champagne mm-hmm. and he's just kind of sad about how – once she meets the dowager, she'll be gone from his life forever Yeah, because he's in love with her. But he's just a commoner. Yeah, I'm just a, a lowly con man, a lowly scammer, and she's mm-hmm. a princess. So true. And they just sing about how, like, France is the city of light. You never know what might happen. And then they sing, like, the final line of the chorus. And they're like, Paris holds the key. And Dimitri says, to her heart. (gasps) And we see fireworks over the Eiffel Tower. How did they get to the Eiffel Tower? Because I'm pretty sure they're in a plane. And the next thing we see, they're in the, like, top deck of the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. (laughs) They're in, like, a tiny little, like, propeller plane. Yes. They're yes. like, zoom, zoom, zoom. Take to the top of the Eiffel Tower. Up we go. Where's it going to land? Uh, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's movie magic, people. So we cut back to reality. And I guess that was all reality, but. You know, hyperbolic. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Vlad and Dimitri are waiting outside the ballet. And Vlad is really nervous. He's pacing. But Dimitri is like. We don't have anything to be nervous about. She is actually the princess. He tells Vlad that he was the boy in the palace who opened the wall for her to escape. Like, she is the real thing. Think back to the beginning of the movie where I think an apple, like, rolls out and Dimitri, like, grabs it and, like, Mm -hmm. sees Anastasia and the Dowager. Vlad is shocked. And he's like, 
what? We actually found the heir to the Russian throne? And you, and Dimitri is like, I will walk out of her life forever. Ugh. Princesses don't marry kitchen boys. And I'm like, you have trauma and we can get through this, Vlad. I mean, Dimitri. <laughs> He's definitely- <laughs> we can get through this, Dimitri. He definitely has like a martyr mentality for sure. Mm-hmm. And Vlad is like, we have to tell her. And then Anya walks up and she's like, tell me what? And Dimitri is stunned. He's like, how beautiful you look. There she is. You look so beautiful. The prettiest girl in the whole wide world. (laughs) And oh my gosh. After this, we get a moment, which is like probably one of my favorite moments anytime it happens in a movie where she's at the top of the stairs He's at the bottom of the stairs. She, like, takes off her shawl, whatever. He turns around, looks up at her, and he's, like, hit by his love for her and how beautiful she looks. And, I mean, we see it happen in so many movies. I made a literal, like, four-part TikTok series about this moment because we see it in, like, She's All That, A Cinderella Story, Mm -hmm. Princess Diaries 2. What a girl wants. The Kate Hudson, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, how to lose movie. a guy in 10 days. We there see it go. in Aquamarine. Like, in my opinion, any rom com worth its salt will have <laughs> this moment in it. Worth its freaking salt, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. And all I'm saying is if that, if I never get to experience this moment where I'm on the top of a spiral staircase and the love of my life, doesn't look at me with with awe and wonder. Red flag. What's even the fucking point? <laughs> What's the point, bro? Might as well move out to the country, buy a farm. Join the nunnery. Yeah. <laughs> Get me to a nunnery. Am I right? Am I right, ladies? <laughs> so, yeah, we have this beautiful moment. She's also wearing this gorgeous, like, strapless dark navy like navy sequin dress she has the the opera gloves from on. chanel no. yeah right i'm like how much did this dress cost it's probably handmade she has a little updo she has some jewelry on she looks stunning like mm-hmm. no question about it so they head into the theater and when anya and dimitri sit down she spots the dowager like across the theater in her box with her little uh binoculars And the ballet begins throughout the show. We, like, cut back to Anya, who is getting, like, more and more nervous. We see her, like, ripping up her program, which I thought was actually, like, a really cool touch. It was just – it felt very, like, human and normal, just not something I really expected to see in, like, an animated movie. Yeah, I feel like it's never that detailed where it's, like, oh, it's always, like, very pretty. Mm -hmm. But I guess that is kind of, like, a brainwashing of the Disney princesses who are, like, the most – um elegant like woman ever yeah especially like at, at the time when this came out was kind of the 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 midpoint i guess of like the disney renaissance period so that's when we were starting to get more quote unquote like realistic princesses like belle and and jasmine and mulan but before that with your traditional you know, your Sleeping Beauties, your Cinderella's, your Snow White's. We didn't get to really see mannerisms like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ariel be doing stupid shit, though. She'd be putting, like, shit in her hair and whatnot. Yeah, she'd absolutely be brushing her hair with a fork. 
That's for sure. <laughs> but Dimitri notices how nervous she is, so he reaches over and holds her hand, <gasps> interlaced fingers, not just a handhold. We got the interlocked fingers. And he tells her that everything's going to be fine. And they continue holding hands until the end of the show. So. Um, they're p- pretty much married. Yeah. For 1926. Absolutely. Betrothed. So in the hallway after the show, Dimitri brings Anastasia to the dowager's door. And he's like, wait here. Like, let me get you a proper audience. And Anya stops him and says they've been through a lot together. And I just wanted to, well, thank you. Thank you for everything. And she starts to turn away when Dimitri stops her. And he stumbles over his words before he decides to just wish her luck. And he heads inside. But the door doesn't close behind him. And I'm like, just say what you feel, people. You feel the same way about each other. Dimitri asks Sophie to inform the dowager that he has found her granddaughter, and she's right outside the door. The dowager hears this, and she's like, I've seen enough Grand Duchess Anastasias to last me a lifetime. I wish to live the rest of my lonely life in peace. And Sophie tries to usher him out, but Dimitri's like, no, and goes to sit with the dowager in her box mm. and tells her he used to work at the palace and begs her to hear him out. And she's like, I've seen this act before. Men who train women, I don't care how much you fashion this girl to look or act like Anastasia. It's never her. Meanwhile, Anastasia's listening right outside. <sighs> and this is like the tea that comes out. Yeah. The dowager is like, I've heard of you. You're that con man from St. Petersburg who's holding auditions for a lookalike. <gasps> Anya is shocked. So Dimitri tries to tell her it's not what she thinks, but she asks how much pain he wants to inflict on an old woman for money and has him thrown out. But he like is fighting back. He's like, no, no, no. <sighs> it's not looking good. It's not love. So... Outside the box seats, Anya is very upset that she got roped into, like, this whole plan. She feels like Dimitri just used her for his con. And he's like, no, listen to me. It might have started out that way. But you really are Anastasia. And she just doesn't want to hear a word that he says. She pushes him away and calls him a liar. And she's like, and I not only believed you, but I actually. You actually what, Anastasia? What? Say it out loud. Say it out loud. <laughs> you're the you're the empress. You're the princess. Oh my gosh. And he tries to explain that he was the little boy in the palace who opened the wall and he like is holding onto her arm trying to get her to listen, but she doesn't want to hear it. She slaps him and she runs away. So after this, it's the end of the night. The dowager is getting in her car to go home when Dimitri decides to hijack it. (laughs) When I say this is illegal. This is kidnapping. Absolutely. Yeah. Kidnapping of a royal. Royal? Yeah. Right. You can't do that. But he gets in the front seat, drives off before the dowager even notices. The driver is like, 
hey, that's my car. (laughs) (laughs) Security is not tight in Paris. Absolutely not. She does not have a bodyguard, which is crazy to me. He, she finally realizes that it's Dimitri and not her actual driver. When, well, I guess maybe her driver was her bodyguard. I don't know. Doesn't matter. I don't know. But he says no, not till she listens. He's also driving like a maniac, like swerving <laughs> all through those cobblestone streets. He's like, if you don't listen to me, I'll kill you. I will drive us to a fiery death if you don't fucking listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> So he ends up driving her to Sophie's place, actually, because that's where they're staying, I presume. Or like a hotel. I I guess it's not Sophie's place. It's a little confusing. I don't know where they are. Wherever it is, it's where they're staying. It looks like a big place. Yeah. So he opens the door and he's like, you need to talk to her. At least look at her. And then he pulls out the music box and he tells her that he knows that she's been hurt but Anastasia has been just as lost and alone as she has been all these years. Mm -hmm. So when they arrive, Anya is packing in her room. She's getting her stuff together to go back to Russia. And she hears a knock at the door and the dowager comes in. And she tells Anya she's tired of being conned and tricked. And Anya says she doesn't want to trick her either. So the dowager asks about the money and Anya's like, I just want to know who I am and whether or not I belong to a family. And the dowager tells her that she is the best actress she's seen yet. She kind of like circles her and looks at her, but she tells her that she's had enough and she begins to walk away. And as the dowager walks away, Anya's like, peppermint, I remember smell of peppermint and she's like oh it's my oil for my hands (laughs) she's like i spilled the entire bottle of peppermint oil on the carpet and the carpet smelt like you forever and i would lay on it when you were in paris and i would think about you and i missed you and (laughs) it's like a very sweet memory yeah and i mean also like the olfactory like smell is what can uh, like produce memories the strongest other out of any other scent, uh, sense is like olfactory um, wow. memories. Yeah. Yeah. And the dowager is moved by this memory, this authentic memory. And she sits down on the bench. She asks her about her necklace. And Anya's like, I've always had it ever since before I can remember. And the dowager sees that it's the together in Paris necklace. <gasps> Yeah. And she says it was their secret and Anya sees the music box and remembers it and how it was to sing her to sleep while her grandmama was in Paris. And Anya begins winding the music box and singing Once Upon a December. And then they sing the lullaby together and the dowager realizes this is her Anastasia. It's a beautiful. It's a really beautiful scene. Like it just feels. It's so quiet and like intimate. Just the two of them yeah. sitting on this bench. I really, I really love this scene. I love the animation of the Dowager. I think it's just so precise and like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really liked um, the Dowager character on screen. Mm-hmm. Like we have her narration, but I really like the scenes with her. Yeah, definitely. I do remember this one part of Anastasia the Musical. Spoiler alert, so, you know, 
pass by this if you were going to watch it. But like she never actually gets to have time with her grandmother. <gasps> I believe they bring her and like something. I don't know if it's like she says something wrong or they're like, we're not seeing anyone else. But she, I don't think, ever ends up getting past the first person. Wow. Damn, maybe I'm I Because I don't remember any of the, like, yes, we found her. Like, we're having a party. Like, none of, I don't remember that happening. Right. I do remember her going to see someone and then being like, no. Like, you're not getting past this stage. But let me say... If I can find a synopsis. <laughs> okay. So they are reunited. Mm. It is like a different ending. <laughs> but damn, this this musical was just so unmemorable. Wow. That sucks. That does suck. Because it's good source material. Yeah, I mean, the movie made a lot of money. It's a good movie. I think this... I mean, yeah. God, does anyone see an Anastasia? Can people like weigh in on this? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I just have a bad memory, y'all. Like, maybe I got hit in the head. I have amnesia. Maybe. Apparently, it's really common. It's really common. <laughs> so after this lovely, tender moment, where do we go? To Rasputin. We see what he's up to. Of course. So he's in, like, this clock tower. It's very dark and mysterious with Bartok. And he's like, Bartok, like, find me a comb and some cologne. I want to look good for the party. And Bartok's like, ooh, a party. We're going to a party. I can't wait to dance. And um, we see this, like, newspaper article about how there's this grand ball being thrown in celebration of Anastasia's safe return. And basically, Rasputin's plan is to, like, let Anastasia have her moment get her on her highest of highs, and then kill her. That's so crazy. And I'm like, you got some, like, issues. Like, I, like the family betrayed <laughs> you, whatever, but you're like, yeah, get her at the height of her glory, and then I'm going to kill her. I'm like, relax. Okay. So Bartok starts to beg him, like, forget the girl, sir, get a life. And Rasputin says, I will get a life hers and i was like oh that's gold that's gold <laughs> so we then have this little scene another really beautiful scene between anastasia and the dowager they're looking at old photos of her siblings of the family we see the drawing that anastasia gave the dowager um all those years ago and the dowager says that in her laughter she hears her father nikki and then she pulls out this gorgeous crown. It's like so sparkly. Insane yeah. That it's just sitting there in a box. She's hanging out in her little Paris apartment. And she says she has the beauty of her mother. And she puts the crown on Anastasia's head. And Anastasia looks in the mirror. And we have this transition into her like all dressed and ready for the ball with the crown on her head. Dimitri comes to Marie's study and she's, he's like, you called for me? And she's like, yes, I have your money, the 10 million rubles as promised. And he tells her that he accepts her gratitude, but he cannot take the money. That's a lot of money in a time when like no one in Russia had money, right? 
Yeah. So we're like pretty big deal. We're also heading right to the Great Depression people. So holy bajoli. So Maria's like, well, what do you want then? And he's like, well, nothing you can give me. Mm. Mm. Love. Ladies, a man will never turn down 10 million, turn down 10 million rubles, rubles for you. That's all I'm saying. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> so before Dimitri leaves, Marie asks him where he got the music box and realizes he was the servant boy who got them out. And he restored Anastasia to her. And he wants nothing. Like, she's dumbfounded. And he tells her it wasn't a change of mind. It was a change of heart. I love that line. Yeah, it's really sweet. So Dimitri leaves and he walks down the stairs to exit. That's when he passes the new Anastasia. She's like totally dressed in her affluent clothing and she's in full your highness mode. And she's like, have you collected your reward? And he's like, my business is complete. Then Major Domo tells Dimitri he must bow and address the princess as your highness. And Anastasia's like, oh, no, that's not necessary. But Dimitri's like, no, it's fine. Your highness, I'm glad you found what you're looking for. And she says the same to him. Tell her the truth. Tell her you didn't take the money. Tell her she would respect you and apparently leave everything. She she literally leaves everything behind for him. But we later cut to another little getting ready situation. Vlad is getting mm-hmm. all dressed up. Puka even has this little like crown and a little sword belt with some badges. And Vlad's like, oh, you don't mind if I put those badges on my lapel, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Dimitri then stops by to say goodbye to him and is like, you know, hit me up if you're ever in St. Petersburg. And I'm like, don't go back there. There's nothing there for you. At least, like, go somewhere else. But Vlad hugs him and tells him that he's making a mistake. But Dimitri says that this is the one thing he's doing right. So he says goodbye to Puka, who even is sad to see him go and whines. But Dimitri tells Puka that he just doesn't belong here. Dimitri, you gotta have a little more self-confidence, bud. Journey to the past. (laughs) Sorry, I just can't get that out of my head. It's so So, good. (laughs) So we cut to the incredible party where Anastasia is going to be announced. And Anya looks out at the crowd and sees this party. It's very reminiscent of the party in the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. before the revolution. And Maria's like, Dimitri isn't here. And Anya's like, yeah, he's probably spending his reward money. And Maria's <laughs> like, she's just such a spitfire. Mm-hmm. And Maria tells her to look at the crowd and says that she was born to this world of glittering jewels and fine titles but she doesn't know if that's what she really wants. And Anya tells her she found what she was looking for and she found out who she is and she found her, her grandmother. And Marie tells her that Dimitri didn't take the money. Anya is shook. She's She can't believe it. This changes everything. Right. So Marie tells her that seeing the woman she's become 
has brought her joy she didn't think could exist. And whatever she chooses to do, they'll always have each other. Mm. Meanwhile, Puka is like wandering into the garden and Anya goes after him. Big mistake. But she becomes like trapped in the shrubs of the garden and you can hear Rasputin begin calling out to her. Anastasia. 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 We then quickly cut away to Dimitri, who is in line to buy a train ticket. But that's when, in his jacket, he finds a flower from their night out in Paris. And he starts reevaluating some things. So back into the little, like, garden maze, Anastasia is trying to follow the sound of Puka's barking and the paths behind her, like, keep closing because the evil demon spirits are, like, growing shrubs to trap her. She finally does reunite with Puka when she hears someone whispering her name. And these plants start growing to try and attack her. And I don't really know how. She somehow, like, we just cut to, like, she's out of the maze and she's on a bridge. Let me see if I can glean any insight into that. Because, like, we see her running from the <laughs> plants, and then all of a sudden we have, like, an aerial shot where we can see that the garden leads right up to this bridge, and all of a sudden she's, like, out on the bridge, I guess. Like, they were trying to lead her there because that's where Rasputin is waiting for her, right? But... I don't know how she gets to the bridge. Yeah. It just kind of happens. It's gonna happen. Happen right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she gets to the bridge. Rasputin is there waiting for her. And she remembers him and the curse. And he's like, what goes around comes around. And all these demons fly out of the reliquary. They start tearing her dress. Bartok is like, you know what? Rasputin, you're on your own, dude. Like, I can't do this anymore. This is only going to end badly. So he pieces. Anastasia tells Rasputin that she's not afraid of him. And he's like... Well, it's time to change that. So he uses the reliquary to, like, destroy the portion of the bridge that she's standing on. So it kind of, like, snaps and starts teetering over the edge into, like, the frozen lake. Dimitri shows oh up. Oh, my God. <laughs> he came back. And he just, boom, sucker punches Rasputin. He's <laughs> <laughs> Missed me? Boom! <laughs> he then slides down. He's like, journey to the <laughs> past. Pop, pop. Look at a tattoo that says journey to the past. <laughs> I truly, I love how much you love the song. It's a great song. It's such a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely my favorite song in the movie. Like the other songs are still stellar, but that is the standout yeah. for me. I think my exact words in the notes, I was like, this song is kind of a banger. That's what you texted me and you were watching it last night. And I was like, oh, absolutely it is. <laughs> yeah. I think I need to like listen to it. Like mm -hmm. listen to the soundtrack a couple times to like really like digest and get it out of my and shit it out, you know, yeah. <laughs> digest and shit out of my system. <laughs> oh my gosh. But what's happening at this point? Oh yeah. So he's punched Rasputin. <laughs> he slides down this like portion of the bridge to save Anastasia from falling in like this freezing cold river 
And that's when Rasputin uses the reliquary to like shoot Dimitri up on top of this like Pegasus statue, which comes to life and tries to like kill him. It's flying all over the place. Meanwhile, Rasputin grabs Anastasia by the hair, which was like a visceral image to see. And he's mm-hmm. like, Dosvidanya, and lets go of her. She's hanging yeah. on the very ledge of the bridge, about to fall off, when Puka comes over, starts nipping at his ankles. Nipping away, biting mm-hmm. it. Yum, 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 yum. But Rasputin sticks some of his demons on him. And they look down. Dimitri has finally made it back to the edge of the bridge. And Anastasia is gone. We just see, like, ripples in the water. And he's like, no! And he tries to dive in the water after her. But as soon as he, like, his feet leave the ground, the fucking Pegasus statue, boom, crashes into him. Not this time. Not today, brother. I'm like, that would kill someone. That is a lot of force coming right at you. Yeah. But Anastasia did not fall in that water. She climbed back on the bridge because she then tackles Rasputin and tries to, like, snag the reliquary from him, but it slips from her grasp. But who picks it up? Reliable old Puka. He grabs it. That's right. Man's best friend. Boom. Puka. It lands under Anastasia's shoe, and she stomps on it a little bit. She goes, this is for Dimitri. Stomps some more. This is for my family. And this is for you. Dosvidanya! And boom! Breaks that reliquary. The demons start like flying all around and they fly into Rasputin. He like, the flesh melts away. He's just a skeleton and then the bones turn to ash and fly away in the breeze. What an image. It is very visceral, that image. (laughs) I was like, oh my god. This is like worse than the Voldemort death when he like turns into confetti. This is like... Jeez. You see the skeleton in everything. Yeah. That man is... A goner. Mm -hmm. So Anastasia runs to a passed out Dimitri, thinking he's dead. And when he gets up, she accidentally slaps him. Classic. (laughs) He wrote, man has got some broken ribs. He does. He got the shit kicked out of him by that fucking Pegasus. (laughs) He's like, I was going to go to St. Petersburg. And I couldn't take the money because I almost kiss. Almost there. (sighs) Hoosh, puka. That damn dog. Big old cock block. <laughs> Five seconds ago, we're like, wow, so reliable. And now we're like, fuck yeah, puka. That damn dog. And Dimitri tells Anastasia they're waiting for her. So we, we see Anastasia holding the crown. She thinks about what to do. And then we cut to the crown being put down by the dowager mm-hmm. as she reads a note from Anastasia. Dear Grandmama, wish me luck. We'll be together in Paris again soon. A bientôt. And Sophie reveals that they eloped. How romantic. My God. And she says, how romantic. It's a perfect ending. And the dowager says, no, it's a perfect beginning. Oh, my God. (laughs) Then our final shot. 
is Anastasia, Anya, and Dimitri dancing together on a boat, finally sharing their first kiss. Oh my god. He picks her up and twirls her around. Pan up to Bartok <laughs> dancing by himself when a cute little bat, okay, comes up and kisses him. That was quick, but mm. hey. Bartok, he never did anything really. He yeah. was just born into circumstances beyond his control. Yeah. I feel like I have to watch his movie. I really want to watch <laughs> I need it to know what happens to Bartok because he's so weird. <laughs> he is really odd. Yeah, I would love to see him um, not being in Rasputin's control. But yeah, that's Anastasia. Pretty wild ride. Mm. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It wasn't what I was expecting. It was a lot more comedic mm. than I thought it was going to be. I also didn't realize that there was that much singing in it. Yeah. But yeah, a really great time. I thought the story was like crafted w- really well. Um, I'm I'm just taking it as like fully fiction. Oh, definitely, right? Yeah, with the recipe and stuff. But I do think it was interesting how um, it like kind of really begins when she becomes an adult and she's finally has the opportunity to like leave the orphanage and she takes the fork less traveled. Like I just thought all of her choices. And the way that they build on the small details, um, they they clearly put a lot of thought into the script and it really shows. And the voice actors were all incredible. Yeah. Like they had an amazing lineup. Absolutely. Yeah. I um, I mean, I really love this movie. I always have. And one mm-hmm. thing that I really appreciate about it is that it's not like a patronizing kids movie. It's actually like yeah. quite dark. Like the Rasputin stuff is like pretty heavy stuff. Scary. So it's like it's enough that like kids can handle it, but it's also enough that it's compelling to like parents, to adults, anyone of any age. I think that the romance is really sweet. Like I love the bickering banter that Anastasia and Dimitri have together. Yeah. I feel like especially at the time, we didn't really get to see that dynamic as much in animated movies. Like, I guess you would see more more of that in, like, Tangled, I guess, but not even. Like, the level of wit is just really delightful, and I always enjoy mm-hmm. their wordplay and banter. I think also, like, the idea of a lost princess – is always just like so intriguing, especially when you're a kid. Oh yeah, um, it's like a my like princess the mystery. Yeah, like who knows? Maybe I have amnesia, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe I was adopted. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, I just I really enjoy it. It has a really special quality to it that um, I think really does set it apart from the Disney movies of the time. I feel like because it's not tied to those like more rigid Disney rules and ideals, they are able to like go a little darker or have like a little bit sharper of a sense of humor. And it just makes it feel more real, even though it is so fantastical and there's Mm -hmm. like magic in it. It just feels a lot more real. Like the characters feel like real people more so than they did in Disney movies. I mean, they're really witty and really wry. And I think also the inflection that the voice actors do. Mm hmm. Obviously, Bartok is, like, a character, right? But I would say Anya and Dimitri Mm -hmm. 
are really like down to earth. Like I don't I didn't feel like the voice actors were like putting on yeah. an inflection or anything. Like I think it really matched the animation style mm-hmm. and like the overall personality of the character. Yeah. Whereas like of course with the Disney movies you have that like very dramatic like I am a princess and I am very feminine mm-hmm. and I'm like doing my thing. I will say I haven't seen like the more modern Disney movies, mm-hmm. like the Frozen and Tangled and stuff. But um, yeah, I just think that they really made a compelling story mm-hmm. and figured out like an entertaining way to tell it. It doesn't rely on the fact that she's a princess at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's like a part of the story, but it's not uh, the focus of the movie. It's like, it's more of like, finding yourself like finding out what's important to you I guess at the end of the day like you know it's nice to know where you came from but that doesn't mean where you're going like it doesn't determine your future exactly yeah because like Anya's fixation in the beginning is like I need to find my family and where I came from in order to know who I am but by the end she comes to realization that like she already knows who she is and like whether or not she's a princess actually is very irrelevant um, mm-hmm. because that was kind of like within her all along. And yeah, instead she's like found a new family with Dimitri. And like she still has her grandmother, of course. But yeah, <laughs> she's kind of like built this family with Dimitri and Vlad and Puka because um, that's probably the first time she's really had a sense of community Because obviously, like, she seemed to get along with the kids in the orphanage since she was, like, waving goodbye to them. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, having those close relationships, I think, is something that's very foreign to her. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I thought she was a great character, too, just in the way that she, like, carries herself Mm -hmm. and her self-confidence. Yeah. Like, I thought that was a really great uh, female character. Definitely. So, uh, should we rate it? Yeah. What are you thinking? I think for me, I'm going to do a 7.5. I know it's like one of your No, fa- that's totally fine. You're, you're more than welcome to rate it what you want. I just have like such an attachment to it. We're actually yeah. flip-flopping from uh, the other week when we did holes where I did like oh, yeah. in the 7 range and you did a 9 because this week I'm doing a 9. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I know because I was thinking about it earlier when we were recording and you were like so, you were like overjoyed to talk about like one of the scenes and I was like I know that she's gonna do like a nine or a ten. Oh yeah it's like one of my favorite animated movies so had to be a high score for me I think I'm gonna have to watch it again though because I want to watch it with Phil because he has an attachment with it which I like yeah. didn't anticipate he was like yeah me and Noel his sister or anyone doesn't know would go off yeah on <laughs> On Once Upon a December, like, mm-hmm. they loved that song. So I definitely have to, like, watch it with him so he can, like, you know, sing every song. Yes. Do the one-man show. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'll be doing my own one-woman show in my own apartment. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, my roommate also loves Anastasia, so we've watched it together many times, so. I love the name Anastasia. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful name. And one of my best friends mm-hmm. um, from, like, middle school and high school, her name is Anya. Yes. I met her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed 
this episode. It was very fun to record. Yeah, we're kind of slap happy. It's like 1 a.m. Yeah. Our time. And we're recording again <laughs> really tomorrow. So. We're doing it all again. Yes. I'm excited for the recording tomorrow, though. Yeah. Spoiler alert, we're recording last week's episode tomorrow. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Out of order. Crazy. <laughs> um, we're just kooky. Yeah, we're just quirky like that. But if you want any more from us, you can always join our Patreon or you can yes. follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. Or you can follow us on TikTok. It's Movies That Raised Us Pod. Or you can follow us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. If it still exists by the time this comes out. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, we should start a Pinterest instead. Ooh, we should um, do that. Yeah. We're like, uh, <laughs> who wants to be an intern? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> if you want to be an intern, you can email us. Or if you have any other <laughs> any other uh, things you want to tell us, mm. at movies that raised us at gmail.com. Yes, and we will see you next week for, oh, my gosh, the start of Y2 Christmas. <gasps> Why to Christmas? Maybe this year I'll actually complete a gift guide because I tried to do that last year and I fucking didn't finish it. It's hard. So, Again, if you want to be an intern, hard. you let us know. <laughs> at movies that raised us at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye. Again, that's movies that raised <laughs> us at gmail.com. <laughs>